everybody, and welcome to this episode of the L&D Lounge. I am so grateful that I had the opportunity to virtually connect with you today and with our special guest, Mike Taylor. Mike Taylor is someone who's been working in the learning and development space for quite some time, and he's really working very hard to tap into the best from the intersection of learning, design, and technology. I really believe you'll find this conversation to be extremely meaningful, especially during a time at which we're still mostly doing virtual training and we're relying heavily on our technology. So let's join Mike Taylor for a brief chat to talk about learning, design, and technology. Mike, it's so great to have you uh, in our virtual lounge today. Thank you for joining me for this episode of LND Lounge. I'm so excited to uh, interview and chat with you today. Um, so thanks so much for accepting my invitation to talk. Yeah, absolutely. My, my pleasure to uh, spend a little time and hang out in the lounge uh, <laughs> talking shop. Talk shop in the L&D yeah, Lounge. It's, right. you know, I'm pretty sad that we aren't in a big conference space. And, you know, I attended ACD virtually, um, the yeah. ACD virtual conference. And, but, you know, it's still great that we can do these, you know, these conversations virtually and connect in, in many other different ways if you can't connect in person. Um, what's been in your world lately? I've been tracking you for the last five years. I say tracking, but it's not really tracking, following <laughs> you. I'm not a hunter. Uh, and so my most recently, I've been fascinated with your, you have these little, these blogs, like a hundred learning uh, tools which yeah. was super intriguing. How do you, like, what's up in your world? I mean, what do you call yourself? An e-learning specialist? How do you like to introduce yourself to people? Uh, that's a great question. I don't have a super answer. Maybe learning nerd or learning geek or something. I don't know. I've, I've just, I've always been sort of energized by the process of learning and, um, you know, curious about better ways to do things. So a lot of times that manifests itself in, you know, trying new tools and new ideas and stuff like that. So that's probably it in a nutshell, just, just being curious, trying to find new and better ways to, to, you know, help people and do what we do. Yeah. And so you would basically say that you're a learning nerd or you're curious about learning. You seem like you're jack of all trades. Yes, that's fair. I think that's 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 fair. I think I'm I'm really fortunate that I've been able to. When I first started out, I was a, a software training, like facilitation sort of stuff, and then I went through a phase where, okay, well, you can do this. Well, you can design it. So do some instructional design, and then, okay, well, you're doing that, and let's do let's build some online courses, and it sort of to me sort of seems like a natural progression. But I think it's kind of comes back to that curiosity of like. Oh, well, you know, what about this? Well, let's try that. Let's try this. And so I feel pretty fortunate to have had now pretty broad scope of experience. And I can't imagine just going to one little narrow sliver. And like, that's great. My personality, I think I would go crazy if I got stuck in any one particular narrow sliver of, of uh, any of the, any single thing. So. Hmm, okay. So it seems like you are someone who. Uh, is very curious about the learning field and you're very open to possibilities and it seems like you are constantly kind of looking out and are over the horizon and saying what's going to happen next in our field what's a trend 
Um, you've had a number of, I guess, blogs and articles published and other things about um, learning trends, right? And things that are happening in our field, the future of work. What is it? What does it look like? Well, uh, if I knew for sure, right, like <laughs> I, I would have all kinds of money and I'd be retired on a, you know, Caribbean island somewhere. But, you know, I think in spite of all the craziness and, and chaos that we're dealing with with this pandemic and all the things that go with it, I think our field, I think we have an opportunity to really do some things that maybe people were resistant to in the past. So, you know, online classroom and collaboration platform teams and Slack and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I feel like it's been there for years, but it's not really been openly accepted the way maybe that I think it should or could be. So I think this is going to give us kind of a feels it's going to run interference and kind of clear out a lot of those excuses. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's an opportunity that we have to sort of stop and be smart about, like, let's not just slam all of our classroom stuff online, but look at how can we pull those parts and pieces apart. Maybe there's still some synchronous things like Zoom and that sort of stuff, but there's probably a significant portion of that that doesn't need to be synchronous and we can do that in other places and, and other ways or, or at least do it differently. So I hope that's an opportunity that uh, most of the people are looking at and, and, and seeing as an opportunity and, and not as a threat. Yes, there's nothing like um, someone coming to me. I used to be a um, learning consultant in the corporate world. But the most interesting thing is that sometimes people think, oh, I have a deck, you know, I have a deck that's maybe 50 slides. Let's just put the deck online and do some voiceover. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, hmm. the great thing is that we just have so many more opportunities and tools. Um, we've evolved from the world of just, you know, we have a PowerPoint presentation and you just click, click, click. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, a lot of, hopefully not so many people in our field, but maybe our uh, leadership and stakeholders who they don't even know a fraction of the options of, of what can be used for, for learning and what some of those learning experiences can be that, that look and feel differently. And they, all they know is I know classroom and I know that, you know, click next to read. And that's, and so that's all they'll ask you for. Yes. And so part of that I think is on us to say, well, yes. And I just did this recently for a, for a client, they're like, hey, you know, we want to build these six courses. Like, hey, well, yeah, I'm happy to build the courses for you. Would you also be interested in, you know, a way that may be better, cheaper, and all of those things? And, you know, you may be told no, right? That's, right. that's, that happens. But I feel like we owe it to ourselves to at least ask those questions. You know, and in that particular case, they, they said, yeah, we still want to do the courses, but oh, could you teach us how to do the other part too, right? So it's kind of, right? Like it's not all the way there, but you're, you're moving things in, I think, in a better direction. Yes, exactly. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it's our job to work with that subject matter expert. And I think the great thing about learning consultation is you not only give people what you think that they need, but you delight them. I remember when I was a management consultant, they used to use these words all the time. You want to <laughs> delight the client. And I was like, what does that mean? And I think 12 years later, I now understand what that means. You give people a little bit something more than what they asked for, right? Or you don't just give them what they ask for. You give them what they need. Give them what they yeah. ask for and then what they need, right? Or how do you, how do you kind of navigate that? Yeah, I think sometimes they, 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 they don't realize it, but they're jumping to a solution. 
So somebody comes and asks you for a course, that's a solution. That's not the need. The need is whatever we need to sell more widgets or fewer errors on expense reports, whatever it is, that's the need, right? And so when they come to, hey, can you build me a course? It's a natural, I think, reaction to say, yes, I'm happy to build you the course, as opposed to, yes, I'd be happy to build you the course. And how about if we, you know, confirm that that's really the right solution or tell me, tell me what evidence is pointing you towards that as the solution. And would you be open to potential other things that could be better, cheaper, faster? And my experience is if you keep it, this is kind of a, a improv talking about theater stuff, right? Like <laughs> you, you don't say no, but you say yes. And yes, yes I'd I be like happy that. to do that. And it really, changes the whole dynamic of the conversation if i say no but and then whatever comes after the no but right like nobody hears often but if you say yes and right like it's more of a we're on the same team vibe and i i've never met anybody who's not open to find something better faster cheaper right so um i think that's part of that kind of reframing conversation reframing i like this it is a lot of our work is about influence and about navigating the consultant or client relationship even if you have an internal consultant you have to navigate that that need and so is training i think you know it's it's evolving right we've been talking about like you know the learner experience a lot more and do you think we're moving away from e-learning as, as we know it? Do you think we're, we're moving into more of that performance support in the flow of work? Do you think we'll still have e-learning modules like the traditional e-learning module? I think we will. I think we always will. I think we'll always have face-to-face stuff, but I, but I hope what we get better at is there are certain things that face-to-face is, is really, really great at, but it's expensive and, and, uh, it's hard to get schedules aligned and like it's it's more expensive and challenging to do face-to-face than online options so I hope that we can pull things that could be done online out of those face-to-face sessions so instead of a week maybe it's a day or whatever that looks like right so we can use those modalities more effectively and efficiently right so now I hope that we get more towards okay well these elements are um online or collaborative conversations and those are going to build upon each other to come to this face-to-face element and then we'll follow that up and try to get that right kind of mix and blend of what works best and what are the things the characteristics that would point me towards one or the other and do it smartly right right that's a really good point and i think that's the thing you know for me i am designing or converting. I don't want to say convert. I don't like the word convert. I'm designing uh, a VLT or virtual training and it's coming from an ILT, their instructor-led training. So that's how I want to, I want to use that language. I want to, I think it's how we, it starts with how we think about it, our mindset, and then it starts with what we start to do, our behavior, changing over those behaviors from conversion. Because if you say conversion, people are going to think, oh, let me just convert something. Yeah, I think it's to me. I don't know if this is the perfect word, but it's it's more transforming, right? Mm, it's transforming. Con- conversion, like I think I'm in alignment with your thinking. Like, oh, I'm just going to take my PowerPoint and put it online, and like that's a conversion. Transforming is I'm going to okay, I'm going to pull these parts and pieces apart, 
and we're going to do some stuff up front and then we'll come together and then maybe we come apart again for a period of time and right you're rethinking the whole thing which is you're you're still aiming at the same goals but you're transforming you know those channels that you're using to get there yeah okay all right so so that's that's interesting i think we're all in the midst of uh doing virtual training right now because we yeah. have no choice yeah. but what's the most exciting thing that you've seen come across your your plate so far i mean obviously you're sca- you're consistently scanning the horizon but like what's the most interesting or exciting tool or trend or just thing that you're working on that you're like man this is just so exciting to me it fills me up Energizes yeah, so 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 I, I i spoke at a conference this week an online conference thing and and so there were it was it was this really cool thing where i'm watching some other sessions before i had had my session and you know i get little bits and pieces of of connection and so one of the things i'm i'm starting to get excited about is how I don't know if you've heard of this whole sort of concept of no code no, where, so instead of needing to, a developer to take, you know, data from one app and connect it with APIs and all this sort of stuff is now there's this whole movement of people are building fully functioning, valuable apps and programs and stuff by connecting, you know, things like Zapier where it let me take it sort of, APIs for dummies is, is kind of how it works, but it'll 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 make it in a way where I can easily sort of step through a you know series of questions or a forms. And here's a, here's an example. Let me give you an example. I think it's probably a better way to illustrate it. So uh, we had a program a couple years ago, sort of a blended program, and we had a registration form, pretty common. We use you know Survey Gizmo or Survey Monkey, whatever, and we use this sort of no code idea. We use Zapier in this case. So it took the data. Anytime somebody submitted a survey, it took their name and email and piped that over to GoToWebinar, registered them automatically. And then at the same time, it took that same similar information, name, email, one or two other details, connected it directly to a MailChimp campaign that we'd already had pre-built. So that stuff's all happening automatically. And I'm not having to spend hours, you know, downloading the responses and formatting and uploading and doing that sort of stuff. Um, Devlin Peck did a really cool session where he took um, the conference app and used Zapier to send an X API code. Hmm. And it's sort of the modularity of that where you can do things in response to things that happen in other places Hmm. that, that, I'm really excited about. Wow. That's right? pretty cool. Yeah. I'm like, that's whoa, cool. uh, that's pretty amazing. That's next gen. Very, it's very, very cool. Wow. So, you know, things, things like, um, there's a tool that I found this past year that, so I, I've used marketing, email marketing tools for these type of campaign thinkings. Now there's, now there's one called Sparks that is built for sort of L and D. So now instead of just you sign up for the email platform and things happen. So now this would, this will look at X API statements or to look at so-and-so enrolled in a course, put them on this campaign. Hey, you just completed, maybe, maybe you completed your compliance course. Now you're going to get a campaign of things happening throughout the course of the year as a result of following up. 
Uh, it also lets you do some dynamic things. So maybe you completed your course and you're in a certain location and that's going to give you a certain set of content versus somebody in a different location or even a different job role. And so you can sort of start to get some dynamic content like that, even to the point of, hey, you know, you didn't open the first email, so I can send you different things whether you did or didn't open things. And so you, it opens up a lot of possibilities. That is brilliant. <laughs> because I think the tech world for so long, I mean, it was the tech world and then you have L&D, right? Yeah. And then we had, oh, we would talk about e-learning or whatever. But this far exceeds that. I mean, this is like data. People keep talking about data visualization. But I think knowing where your data is going, knowing how you can use that data, it's something that I mean, it really, I think was, I was talking with Elliot Macy and we were talking about the democratization of exactly. learning and exactly. he, that, that was literally, and this seems so, so much like we're so connected now with globalization. We have all the data at our fingertips, every type of data. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I that, that's, that's a word that I have thought about for that, the democratization of, of connecting these tools and stuff. Yes. So. So I'm glad I'm aligned with with Elliot. <laughs> you're you're aligned, and I love how you know without intentionally trying to connect these episodes, they're connecting, and it's like you look at the pieces of the puzzle. I think as learning uh, L and D professionals lately, I've been calling myself a mad scientist, Mike, yeah, because yeah, I have all these projects going, and we're like, God, and we're all like, for a lot of us, we're like one woman or one man armies. Yeah. We're we're and we're and then if you if you have more effective tools then you can do your work more effectively. Whether yeah. you're an external, you, you do your own consulting firm or you, you know, you're an independent consulting uh, firm um, or you are an independent consultant, it all works for everybody. And I think that's yeah. the thing we all have to remember is thinking about, oh, MailChimp. Okay, well, I've been using MailChimp, right? But maybe there are better tools, faster tools, more efficient tools, tools that talk to one another, right? Yeah, right, exactly. And that's, and that's, I, you know, I can envision, I don't know what it is, 10 years, 20 years or something, instead of companies and organizations spending a million or more dollars on, you know, these content platforms or LCMS or whatever the case may be, that by being able to interconnect different platforms, right, like you can be smaller and more agile and I can connect purpose-driven, you know, sort of best-in-class applications and I can have this portfolio of things that all work in, in unison with one another mm. because my experience is when you buy those big giant platforms that try to do everything they do everything but they don't do anything really well right. and so I you know I'm starting to see it'll be interesting to see how how fast that comes about you know whether it's 10 years or 20 years or whatever but I I, I think that's one of the, the possibilities I can see and it's funny because lately we have been talking about, I don't know, a lot of people, when I, when Decreed, Decreed first came out, we were talking about, oh, Decreed or this platform, this learning experience platform, and I don't want to shout out any particular platform, yeah, but yeah. we were thinking about the Netflix of learning type of stuff. That would yeah. be, I don't know if you heard of that. Oh, you know, yeah. That was like yeah, a yeah. big thing. Yeah, and, yeah. But, you know, I keep on asking myself, should we be a Netflix of learning? I think when I was talking with Elliot um, and some of the other um, guests on the show, We've been talking a lot about using all the tools at your disposable, disposal, mm -hmm. right? And so whether you have a Slack channel and you're doing micro learning on the Slack channel and you have different people engaging and doing polls via the Slack channel, or if you have another tool, it's about 
figuring out what are the tools and how do they talk to one another or how I can use the tools. Because the, the fact of the matter is that we need to make things easier for ourselves and the learner, right? right. And so exactly. if the learner's just going to go to YouTube and say, how do I talk to my boss? Why are they going to go into your learning experience platform or your LMS? <laughs> well, is there a need? Right. I don't know. Ab absolutely. And I think you hit it uh, on the head there when you talked about like, what's the experience from the person who's actually doing this stuff, right? You know, I, my experience is it doesn't take very much friction and they are out of whatever system you want them to be in and they're on YouTube because there's no friction because they can do it on their phone. They can find it, right? Like there's all these things and, you know, talking about the Netflix of learning, I think there's a place for that sort of thing, but it's probably one small piece of the, of the overall picture. And, you know, the challenge is if I'm a learner, putting these together in a way where it comes down to, like, can I find what I need quickly and in time that I can apply it, right? So if I've got to go through the LMS and search and it's too slow, it's too much, right? And then, you know, along with that, if I can't find it, can I find the right people to ask, right? I think mm -hmm. conversations is a big piece of what we should be thinking about. So part of that is, you know, if I put out some learning, is it, is it shareable? Can people share it? If somebody finds it valuable, can they send it to a colleague who's doing a similar job? Right. And can those people talk about it? Wow. Um, you know, I used to work for a power company. And so we had power plants all over the, all over the place. And, and, and there's some pretty unique equipment in those uh, generation stations. And so there might be a guy in Texas and a guy in Virginia who are working on the same type of equipment. And you know, maybe one guy's relatively young, the other guy has solved a particular problem. Like just the fact that those people know each other exists and who to ask for questions. I, as a training person, could never contribute anything to that conversation because I'm not an expert. But just making them aware of each other and like, hey, if you have problems, there's your guy. Or some visibility to it. And you know, what what are you? you know, word that whole idea of working out loud and, you know, mm. visibility, like today, I, I haven't been there in, in quite some time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that today those people, they don't even know that they exist. Hmm. That is, that is just a sticking point for me is that this does not always end with an e-learning module, doesn't always end with the training and development or the learning and development professional saying what you need or what to do. Sometimes it means, oh, I need to ask so-and-so in this department because I have a question and knowing how to find them, whether you have some type of social learning platform yep. or some type of experience where you could just IM them, I guess, I don't know yeah. if you yep. say IM anymore, but if you just, you know, chat or what have you, you ask them, hey, I have this question. That's called performance support too, right? I have this yeah. question. I need this answer. Or would you have a virtual coffee with me about this topic that I want to learn about? So it doesn't always mean that we have a job aid or we have this or that. Um, and I think using people and knowing that that social learning component component is important, more important than ever, right, Mike? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think there's, there is something there of getting people. So A, first we have to model it, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be the first people to stand up and say, you know, hey, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's something I think is helpful. Uh, so you're sending those signals out 
to your organization or to the world so people can pick them up. Um, but then if we can, if we have to do it first, right? Because if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And, and people have to see value in it. And so, you know, if the guy in, in Virginia has some platform um, teams or job, whatever, right? Like that, that you can at least have a profile and skills and equip, and then be able to say, you know, I'm working on X and, or I'm having X problems so that those people can find each other. Now, yes. it's not a guarantee, but you're tilting the odds, you know, in your, in your favor of if I search for this, you know, coal pulverizer or whatever, <laughs> that there's going to be other people that I can find to reach out to and establish relationships. Well, I appreciate all the insights that you've provided. I mean, it, we just in about 20, uh, 20 to 30 minutes, we just had um, so many golden nuggets and sticking points. And I call it the aha moments. Oh, this is how it's connecting. This is why it's important. So I appreciate you uh, generously sharing your wealth of knowledge, information, expertise with the world, right? So exciting, Mike. And uh, how can they follow you if they want to connect with you or if they want to look at your work online? How can they search for your work or connect with you? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, on my website is mike-taylor.org. And I share a lot of stuff on, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I am T Mike T. So those are probably the easiest places. And uh, you look at any one of those, I should be pretty easy to find. All right. Well, there we have it, you guys. Uh, Mike Taylor, thanks again for uh, your valuable uh, insights on where we are in L&D. And I look forward to continuing to build a relationship with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Well, everyone, that wraps up this episode of the L&D Lounge. I hope you'll hit subscribe and make sure that you catch all the rest of our upcoming episodes. Okay. Be well and stay healthy.